Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. In this CPSA interview, we'll hear from Catherine Davies, a senior advisor of national accounts at the CPSA, about why sales leaders need to better understand the strategy rather than just the day-to-day practices and how to get there. Catherine strives to be a trusted advisor to her clients. Her experience, expertise, and insights have benefited Fortune 500 and mid-sized companies across all markets, including non-profit organizations. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Firstly, beyond my reintroduction there, please tell our listeners a bit more about yourself. Well, thank you. That was a lovely introduction, by the way, Bill. But I uh, I wanted to highlight just how passionate I am about the sales professional. I've carried the bag. I have managed a sales team. And now I'm in an enviable role of helping organizations get better um, and have their sales team operating at uh, high efficiency and high productivity. It's something that I'm passionate about because when people are successful, they carry that through to not only their work lives, but their uh, their home lives as well, and overall um, just become better citizens. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful role that I'm in and helping people just to uh, realize the full potential that they can be in their work and private life. So listeners, uh, we got here today because Catherine and I uh, were, were chatting recently at the CPSA office and, and uh, you're a terribly <laughs> passionate, uh, Catherine, about about um, helping to, to educate leaders and, and all of the effects that, that come from that. So let, let's get right into it. Uh, what, why do you think sales leaders need to better understand the strategy rather than just the day-to-day practices? Well, I think that um, the uh, the the sales professionals that report to the sales managers are really looking to their leaders for guidance. I don't need to tell any of you out there just how hard sales has gotten in this day and age, and it's it's getting more and more complex. Buyers um, are more educated, they're smarter, they're uh, their the time is at a premium, so there's everything's moving fast and furious. And for the salesperson, what that translates into having to get a lot done and make decisions quickly and form strategies and to do all this, you know, they're, they're, it just becomes um, overwhelming sometimes because we have to remember as sales leaders that these folks are generally um, you're going to have some green folks, although you will have some tenured folks as well, but they are so immersed in the situation that sometimes they can't see the forest for the trees. So what they need a sales leader for is to help them pull um, out of the weeds and start looking at the big picture strategy maybe on a, on a specific uh, deal, uh, help them to see and look broader within accounts, but then also down the road to where are they going to find their business? Nothing uh, Worse than being a salesperson January 1 of a new year, new quota going, how am I going to get this number? 
And that's where the leaders come into play is they need to be prepared to help them understand where does this number come from and have the conversations and see a big picture strategy of the organization, how that translates and how that will help the salesperson to be successful. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Now, how are managers who've had the right training used information, used that intelligence from the field to help improve the results of their teams? Well, it's really important that uh, the information flow is a two-way flow. So the, the salespeople are definitely the feet in the street. They are hearing what the customer wants, what uh, the marketplace is, is asking for. They uh, see what uh, they're being hit by by their competitors. And when they can flow that information and are asked by their managers, hey, what is going on, and use that information in a thoughtful way, uh, then they can look at how to help their sales team close deals better, um, improve the customer experience, because that information that comes from the field is chock-a-block full of gold. Sometimes, again, when we talk about salespeople, they can be green in nature or not as tenured as the managers. So the managers, thinking as a strategist, uh, can look at that information, tease out more detail from the salespeople, and get at these golden nuggets that they then can use to uh, help the salesperson with specific situations, but also flowing that field intelligence into the other departments and advocate, because sometimes departments go, ah, those crazy salespeople, they don't know what they're talking about, but they do know what they're talking about. Sometimes they're just not as focused or clear. So the manager as a strategist can take that information, tease out, as I said, the gold, and then advocate as to why the other departments do need to listen and how that can uh, spur on innovation and take organizations to the next level they need to, to meet the market conditions that uh, the field are hitting now and will hit in the future. Now a bit about why managing by numbers uh, should be used to indicate the need for, for congratulations or or indeed the need for, for offering assistance to, to one's sales team. <laughs> yes, one of my favorite topics, the CRM. And if anybody, <laughs> for all of you who are listening to CRM, you've probably just either rolled your eyes, started to laugh, and went, oh, no. Um, so CRM, a, a phenomenal tool. Nobody is, can debate that. It, it provides and it aggregates uh, information on to help an individual salesperson as well as to understand what's going on in the marketplace and what's going on with the sales team. So it's absolutely fantastic. The challenge that comes in is frequently um, managers will look at the numbers and then speak to the numbers without understanding what's behind the numbers. What's why are the numbers existing? So if you, I mean we've all heard the, the the saying and it's a very good saying for a reason. If you drive your car by always looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to crash into a lot of embankments. And it's the same with CRM. Those numbers are your rearview mirror. So while they are an indicator, a very, very valuable indicator of what's working and what's not, the point is to take those numbers and say, hey, okay, what can we learn from them? And then as a manager, the numbers should inform me on what type of questions that I'm now going to ask the sales team, the sales individual. Uh, use the numbers to say, hey, you know what, this is working fantastic, way to go, this is great, how can we do more of this, building on the positives, building on success, success does breed success, but 
unfortunately, frequently, the numbers are used to beat up on salespeople and, and make it uh, more stressful. So uh, there's a real market labor market issue out there around finding good talent and keeping good talent. With talent leaving in between 18 months and two years, and a lot of that has to do with um, the fact that they're not feel, feeling fulfilled or engaged or successful. And my personal belief is part of that's coming from the way that we're using the CRM information. So when we use it to build them up, to um, start uh, setting them up for success, then you've got happy, engaged um, salespeople uh, with energy to move past the challenges because it's a tough world out there. So we as leaders need to be energizing them and feeding them the fuel that is going to help them to be successful. So that fuel could either be reassurance, it could be skills that they need to um, to get better at. And if you approach the skill base, not from a, a punitive point of view, but of like, you know what, I'd really like to help you with this. This is, this is so exciting. You're, you know, you have such huge potential. Let's work on this little piece together. So as the coach, uh, then you start to build your salesperson up. You give them the skills they need. You reduce their, their level of stress and you work with them on the pieces that they need. And you are showing that you're listening to them from a, the broader market perspective so that they, they hear that you recognize, okay, there are some tough market situations. We got it. Here's what we're going to do in the future to mitigate those risks. And that makes the salesperson feel very reassured that the company is not only looking at what happened, what needs to happen, and what can happen, um, and that they, the, the leaders are paving a path or building a path to make sure that future, future success happens. When you engage a sales team in that conversation, you, you I mean, you just see their eyes light up and you see them become uh, uh, energized. They will fail. They will fall down. It'll show up in the CRM. But then as a manager, how do you take that information and go, okay, you know what? You're right, you guys. This wasn't really working that well. Okay, how can we make it work? And again, you start to move it from a position of excitement and opportunity rather than, um, oh, you screwed that one up. Why is, you know, we, we need to, to do things differently. It's like show them what they need to do differently. Help them to do what they need to do differently and bring the different tools to the table for them to utilize. Yeah. So in terms of those different tools and in terms of the, the, the knowledge needed to succeed, um, you, you raise a couple of interesting points there. So I'd, I'd like to ask you, who do you think should, should lead the, uh, the, the, the training initiatives of a sales team? Should that be the sales manager or should that be HR or should that be somebody else? Well, wonderful question, and it absolutely needs to be a collaborative process. I mean, when you've got a great HR um, team, they uh, will potentially are out there looking at what's going on in terms of, of the soft skills, but the sales team knows where their challenges are. The sales people know what is causing them grief. So to have a very strategic dialogue between um, HR or training and development in the um, the sales leader and the sales team is absolutely critical um, because you it's it, you can't um, say to a sales team like HR would be very difficult for HR to say to them okay you guys you have to do this differently if the sales team don't believe that they need to do it differently. If they are not linked to the business issues that they're facing, 
um, then what the potential is you're going to spend money on on training that never gets adopted by the field. But if the field says, here's my challenges, how can you help? And HR goes, oh, I can't wait to help you out. And here's what I'm thinking. What's your thoughts? What do you think of this? How does that work? How can I help it become a reality? How can I help you take these skills and um, and increase your level of sophisticated or, uh, level of sophistication in their use? And it's a back and forth dialogue. Then you create a very powerful partnership. So it's it's a collaborative process. Wonderful. Thank you. Now, all of this comes in the context of uh, a pretty changed world uh, in the last sort of <laughs> 10 years in, in terms of um, how, how, how we consume and how, how we buy. So I, I'd like to focus on uh, the, the two sides of that in terms of what's different about how consumers buy and how sales professionals sell t- today compared to, say, 10 years ago. Let, let's, let's firstly uh, look at the, the customer demographics and how they've changed, please. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I need to to tell uh, uh, too many people about this, but we are now seeing a shift from the baby boomers uh, into, I I forget what the sandwich uh, generation are called, but millennials who are the the buzz uh, group right now are coming into leadership positions. And they've been raised in a very different um, environment and they approach life and they approach relationships differently than, uh, than say, baby boomers or even the sandwich uh, generation. So typically, um, they are much more collaborative. They demand to be heard. They have been heard typically in their, uh, in their family lives. There's not the same... Uh, uh, parent-child relationship. There's more of an adult-to-adult relationship as they as they get older. So they have a different way of, of interacting and, and they demand a different way of being interacting, interacted with. So in terms of customers, how that seem, that's playing out is uh, the customers, uh, and oh, I forgot to mention, of course, it's just sheer, the, tech, the impact of technology. So the access to information is is phenomenal. A customer can know um, as much about a product as a salesperson does by you know going on the website and looking at all, getting uh, looking at the specs or talking uh, looking at reviews. There's so much access to information. But what the customers don't necessarily know is the nuances behind the products or how the products are being used by different people in innovative, uh, interesting ways, or they may not have thought about a problem that their organization has. They haven't, it hasn't come up to their conscious awareness, so a salesperson needs to help them to do that. But how you have that conversation is, is very different in this day and age from my perspective. Okay, got it. So the the uh, customer demographics have certainly changed, and what you're saying there as well then is that uh, sales reps and uh, the way they operate, the way they think, has changed has changed too, and it's much more consultative. Is that right? Uh, the customer, absolutely. The customers are demanding a more consultative approach. The challenge that I find with salespeople is why they exhibit some of the same uh, qualities, i.e., they want the adult to adult relationship, and that plays out more in the manager to employee uh, side of um, of the relationship house, if you will. Um, what uh, the uh, employees need to do is they need to be able to 
speak consultatively and ask good questions and be curious and to look at things from different perspectives. Typically, they're very good at, at looking at things from different perspectives, but from what uh, from what I've observed is the asking of questions and being curious about another person sometimes is a little bit more, um, it, it's not second nature to this group because they tend to to text and put information out there as opposed to uh, looking at, at the back and forth of, of the um, relationship interaction. So I've, um, the employees and the salespeople have a real opportunity uh, and they need to behave in a more consultative way. And I think that's, and I think uh, I'm about to jump ahead, but that's where uh, the older generation can really help them is in um, asking questions and talking and having conversations because the over, older generation is much more used to the back and forth conversational style. And I think sometimes uh, as salespeople, we start to interact through email uh, or in some cases, text messaging, and it becomes very, um, very fact-based information. You don't always get at the nuances and the subtleties behind what a customer is asking, why they're asking, and you get the subtleties and you get the nuances when you pick up the phone or you book that face-to-face -face appointment with your customers and ask them and have long conversations with them. And I think the older generation is is more uh, is more equipped to do that, and but the younger generation just have more access to information and can get at really cool information quicker, so they can really learn from each other. Yeah, and the younger generation can ask questions using emojis, which is pretty cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know it's it's. <laughs> You have to be careful, though. You don't necessarily always have a emoji-receptive customer. <laughs> so, okay. So just let's just loop back in on a couple of things you said there. Uh, in, in a few lines, how, how are older managers learning to speak to, to, to younger employees? Yeah, I think that um, the, the really good ones uh, are when they have a conversation with the younger employees and they're curious about them, they're asking them questions there. They're learning from their younger employees, so they take uh, some of the, the gifts that this generation have and they use them and they congratulate them and they adapt themselves um, and encourage the younger generation to then learn from them. But the first step, I think, with the older uh, manager is listening to what the the young folks are, are saying, taking, as I mentioned earlier, the, the gold and the nuggets and then helping them to um, uh, to go deeper maybe with these ideas that they bring to the table. And then uh, when the, old, the, the manager has these nuggets, taking it um, within the organization, whether it be up the organization or across the organization, bringing back the results of those conversations and thanking the the younger employees for their insights because it enabled them to make uh, these changes or to do this differently or whatever the advancement uh, happens as a result of the uh, the younger generation's input. It's very powerful to make sure that they feel that uh, they're being valued and that their point of view is being taken into consideration and innovation is happening as a result of the conversation. 
Okay, thank you. Now we are coming towards the end of this particular interview already. Before we wrap things up, uh, it would be remiss of me not to uh, just just to delicately uh, remind our listeners that uh, the CPSA doesn't just offer uh, training and designations for leaders, uh, but also, of course, for uh, uh, junior sales folk and for uh, uh, people in the middle too, in in the form of the uh, CSL, the CSP, and uh, the CSA. Uh, so if you're not already involved with that and, and learning and benefiting from all of the wonderful lessons that you can get from CPSA, please check that out. Um, and I'd just like to finish off today by saying, Catherine, how, how can folk learn more about you, connect with you, and how can they also learn more about the CPSA? Wonderful. You can jump on. We've got a fantastic uh, website uh, that you can um, uh, join us with. And also, you uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'm C. Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S, at cpsa.com. Happy to help um, and to be a resource. So please seek us out. Awesome. Well, all I've got to say now is, Catherine Davies, thank you very much for being a guest on this CPSA podcast. Thank you so much, Bill. Pleasure. Listeners, as always, until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.